Hey friends, well, after a long and for many of you cold winter, are you ready to bring the spirit of the islands into your home? Look no further than Home Threads, where comfort meets coastal living. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a collection inspired by the tranquility of the beach. From breezy linens to stylish coastal decor, they've got everything you need to turn your home into a seaside retreat, and always at the best value. If you haven't been to the Home Threads website yet, you have to go check it out, see their beautiful bedding, everything they have for your kitchen, lighting, workspace, and a gift guide, which has something for everyone on your list. I'm thinking ahead to Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, and more. So visit homethreads.com forward slash Monica and get a code for 15% off your first order. Because whether you're on the islands or dreaming of the sea, Home Threads brings the beach to you. Home Threads, love where you live. Aloha and welcome to the 40th episode of the Boy Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Monica Swanson, and I'm so glad you're here with me today. Here on the podcast, I do my best to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this awesome but often crazy world. So I'm doing this introduction from Santa Barbara, California, where I've been visiting um, my oldest son at Westmont College, and I brought with me my second son, Jonah, who is visiting Westmont and possibly will be attending there next fall. We've had a great visit with friends, spent time on the campus, and I even got to do some speaking here in Montecito. So it's been a really special time. But I am so excited to share with you uh, this podcast episode that I recorded just before I left town. This is a topic that I think is super Super important for all boy moms, for all moms, for all people. What we're talking about is the character quality of self-control. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. Think about your kids. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much self-control do you see your kids possessing? How much are they able to resist temptation? How much are they able to delay gratification? Do they work first and then enjoy the rewards? Or are they quick to give in to temptations? Well, interestingly, we're going to find out a lot about self-control today, and I don't want to freak you out, but the amount of self-control you see in your kids actually has implications for their future, as in their SAT scores, their success in work and in relationships. Now, I know that can be a really scary thing, and if you're like me and you have more than one kid, you probably see different levels of self-control in different children, and that's normal. There's there's some amount of self-control. It just has to do with how we're wired as people. And we're going to discuss all of that today. My guest on today's podcast is Drew Dick. He is an author. He is a boy dad as well as a girl dad. And um, he is just a really funny, smart guy that I think you're going to really enjoy. He's my first non-Swanson male on the podcast. So it's kind of a special episode. And I'm super excited to bring him on. I read Drew's most recent book called Your Future Self Will Thank You last spring. And I was so intrigued by everything in it. It's full of research, both based on the Bible and on brain science. And it's full of stories. I was laughing out loud, and I also just learned a lot that I knew could apply to raising boys. And I just really wanted to share this with all of you because of all the character qualities we talk about, self-control is a big one while we're raising our sons. 
Now, quick spoiler alert, but I want to give you some hope. Drew will be sharing with us that self-control is a trait that can be developed. It can be nurtured in our kids. There's actually a lot we can do as parents to help our kids develop more self-control. That was really good news for me, and I think that you'll appreciate hearing from him on that too. So before I dive into this episode, this conversation with Drew Dick, I do want to cover a couple quick things, make sure that you're aware of some things going on. First of all, I want to thank you again for your ratings and reviews over at Apple Podcasts. They mean so much to me. I see new ones coming in all the time, and I just really appreciate it. So if you haven't left one already, feel free to hit pause on this and hop over to Apple Podcasts, leave five stars, maybe a few words about what you like most about this podcast. I also so appreciate it when you share this podcast on social media. When I see it in your Instagram stories, I just get so happy. And you can always put a link to it in your Facebook posts. There's so many ways to share this podcast. And hey, maybe some of your friends don't even know there is a boy mom podcast. So I appreciate it when you share. Now, over on my blog, I'm continuing in my series titled, What Moms Need Most. I've covered a couple of the topics here on the podcast, but I'm going to be continuing to share posts, and most of them will not be here. So I hope you will keep checking in at monicaswanson.com forward slash blog. You'll find that last week I did a post about friendship in the motherhood years, about nurturing old friendships, cultivating new friendships. It was a really good topic that got a lot of response. So I hope you can hop over and be sure to read about friendship. We still have many more topics ahead on what moms need most. I will also be linking in show notes to a brand new group starting up in two weeks. That's actually Monday, February 17th. My friend Cassie and I are starting a online group. It's free and it's going to be packed full of resources. And this one's on the topic of weight, diet. Um, those of you that want to really find a healthy, happy weight and you don't want to diet, just stay tuned. We're going to be talking more about this and there will be a link in show notes to a new landing page, which is found at monicaswanson.com forward slash jumpstart. So if that's a topic that interests you, be sure to check it out. Okay. So without further ado, I'm going to let you listen in as Drew Dick and I talk about self-control, raising boys, and what we can do as parents to help our boys cultivate more self-control in their lives. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Well, aloha, Drew, and welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast. Monica, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, as you know, it's kind of weird because we've known each other in a way for years, mm -hmm. exchanging some messages. Uh, you know, my wife, Grace, you guys mm -hmm. go way back. Um, but it's just great to get to talk to you. And someday, this is my goal. I'm going to be honest right up front is to get out to Hawaii and get to hang out with you in person. <laughs> just because you want to meet me in person, right? Hawaii of has course. nothing to no, do with it. No, it has nothing to do with the location. Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, I love it. Well, you are the first official non-Swanson man on my podcast. So this is a big deal. That's a high honor. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'll take it. We've got a boy dad on today and I am so excited. I've been really looking forward to this conversation um, and I want you to introduce yourself. But before I let you, I'm going to be selfish here and I want to give just a little background how I first met Drew. And um, so for those listening, a little background on me. I Before we moved to Hawaii, we've been here almost 19 years, Dave, and I lived in Oregon. And Dave went to medical school in Oregon. But even before that, when I first married him, he was a soccer coach. Uh, he was playing a little pro soccer. There's a fun fact. And he was the youth director for a church. So we got married. I joined him in youth ministry. I started doing some uh, teaching. And one of the girls in our youth group's name was Grace. And she 
was just the most precious thing. She was like the kind of girl I would look at and be like, if I ever have a daughter, that would be what I would want. She's beautiful, sweet, soft-spoken, but also really funny, right? And so I meet Grace, get to know her. I don't think I ever officially like discipled her. I feel like she probably could have discipled me. She was so mature. (laughs) And then years go by, we moved to Hawaii, kind of lost track and went by the time we reconnected Grace and I on probably Facebook, she was like, Oh, I started, I was doing my blog back then a few years back. And she's like, well, I actually am married to an author and she got me kind of connected to Drew. And before I knew it, I was hearing Drew on like every other podcast is like, he's everywhere. And then I started following him on Twitter. And I will admit to you, Drew, you're basically the only reason I get on Twitter is to see what Drew says every day. (laughs) I'm not a Twitter person, but he, you guys, if you're on Twitter, you got to follow Drew because he is just cracks me up. I'm always sharing his tweets with my whole family. So anyways, now I am so happy to um, be connecting with Drew. He's written a book recently that I am so excited about, want to share about on this podcast today. So Drew, your turn. I want to hear just a little about your background, tell everyone who you are, and then we'll dive into all my questions. Thank you, Monica. And thank you for that background. I've heard it from Grace's perspective and did have a big impact on her, uh, you and your husband as youth leaders. Uh, And so she talks fondly of that time in her life. And it's just so fun. I guess, you know, people rip on social media a lot, but it is kind of cool how it does keep us connected in ways that we might not otherwise be connected. So yeah, anyway, I'm, yeah, I'm thrilled to be on here. It's been fun to kind of follow your career, see the book come out. We've both Mm -hmm. read Boy Mom and really enjoyed it. Um, So yeah, a little bit about me. I should get this uh, out of the way. I'm Canadian. So I moved to the (laughs) States. That's what we call uh, the United States and Canada, the States, um, when I was in my early 20s and moved to the Portland, Oregon area, met Grace. I was initially coming down for like a few months and thought I'd return. Here I am like almost 20 years later. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, always had these vague aspirations to be a writer. Didn't know what that would look like exactly. Ended up getting an English degree, going to seminary, uh, working for a few magazines. And these days I kind of spend my time. I work from home, which is cool. I, the, the biggest challenge is keeping my, uh, uh, three little kids out of my office. <laughs> Always have the fear that they're going to come in in the middle of a call or, you know. Um, yep. And um, I am an editor at Moody Publishers, and uh, that's my day job. And then when I have time, I, I have a couple of sidelines, have a small role of Christianity Today, and uh, write my own books. So it's a it's a good mix. I really enjoy it. I believe that God is still changing people through the medium of the written word. <laughs> so yes. Uh, yes. I know he's, he's uh, used books to change me, and so I'm honored to get to do that uh, for a living. I love it. And you're also hosting a podcast now, right? Can That's right. That? Oh, man, I can put in a plug for that. So <laughs> of course. Everything. <laughs> a, a plug for a podcast on a podcast. That's kind of cool. Anyway, um, it's called Reading for a Change, uh, and it's hosted um, by Moody Publishers, and I, I'm the host. And basically, I interview authors that... I find interesting and that usually they're moody publisher authors, but other ones as well. We're just getting it going. So, you know, a little rough at first, but check us out. Super fun. Well, I'm excited about that. So, and, um, Drew's most recent book, will you tell us a little about that before I start jumping into it? Sure. It's got the longest title in the world. So I'll take a deep (laughs) breath. Uh, it's called your future self will thank you. 
Uh, Secrets to Self-Control from the Bible and Brain Science. There's a mouthful. So yeah, that was, and and basically the the genesis of the project, initially I I was reading a few books on the topic of self-control or related topics like willpower and habits and grit Mm -hmm. and and I was really just researching for myself because I realized this was an area in which I could grow. And <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I know, hard to believe, hard to believe. Most people think I'm like a ninja level uh, uh. self-control person. Uh, but <laughs> um, and so it was only after reading a few books, all of a sudden I started to think, hey, is there you know, something that could be helpful for other people here? And then I had this idea, hey, I'd love to write a book on self-control, looking at it both from the scientific perspective and from what the Bible has to say. So good. I love it. It's, it, I, I think it's not only a fascinating book, but super funny and just really, really well done. My son Josiah um, took it with him back to college after Christmas break. So I was mad. I had to like get the Kindle to, to um, just brush up on it because I read it last year and really, really enjoyed it. So we're going to, we're going to dive into some of those topics, but you're, you just to back up a little bit on your introduction before we dive into that, because we're going to talk a little about parenting today. Your, your three kids are how old right now? Tell us about the kids a little bit. Yes. Yes. So I have a boy, um, Athanasius. That's a mouthful too. It is. I love uh, it. Big, big name. Uh, yes. And for a big boy, he is eight years old. Uh, and then I have two daughters, Mary, who is five Oh. And um, Sophia, who is one, she mm. was kind of a surprise, but we mm-hmm. are thrilled uh, that she came Fresh. along. Yes. So they keep us very busy. And here's a funny little story. Okay. So uh, a while back, um, Athanasius, who's named after like a fourth century saint, uh-huh. uh, was in a fight with his sister, Mary. Okay. Okay. And in the middle of the fight, he says to her, he's like, Mary, you need to listen to me. I was named after a very important Christian. And I said, are you sure you want to play that card with your sister, Mary? Mary. (laughs) That has some theological significance, too. Oh, my goodness. I love it. Oh, that is super fun. Well, they're adorable kids. I love it when you share pictures. And I know Grace must be an awesome mom. Amazing. So, yeah, super fun. Well, this book that you wrote really, uh, it, it encouraged me. It challenged me. And I thought, oh my goodness, boy moms need to hear about this book because really I think looking back that so much of parenting is about teaching self-control, about mm. instill, instilling in our kids that whole, you know, you talk about willpower, self-control, good habits. And if I'm honest, I think that through reading your book, I started to realize that my first son, Josiah, is kind of like, you know... Um, he, he set a standard that's really high for the brothers, but he's one of those kids that's been so self-controlled as far back as I can remember. And of course, I wanted to believe it was because, you know, I was an awesome mom. <laughs> <laughs> I instilled these great traits in him. And you know, my husband does talk a lot about delayed gratification and the value mm. of that. And I feel like that has been the name of Josiah's game. Like he is so good at putting off the reward, you know, doing the hard work first. And that has really led him on such a positive pathway. But then I've got, you know, a few other kids. And now I've got my nine-year-old who it's not necessarily the same picture. And I keep thinking, is it because I'm blowing it? I'm not parenting the same and I'm wrestling with it. But in reading your book, you talked about an older brother. Dan is his name, right? Right. Because you, oh, and that's another side note here. You're the youngest of four boys as well, right? Yes. My mom was a a big time boy mom. 
<laughs> right. And in fact, fun thing for listeners to hear, as we were chatting before we hit record, his mom beeped in on a phone call. So that was super fun to know. He's <laughs> His mom's a true boy mom still checking in with him now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Once a mom, always a mom. <laughs> yes. But you were the Levi. You were like my fourth son. And so tell us about your older brother and maybe just kind of how this whole journey of your self-discovery began. Sure. Yeah. And my older brother, Dan, was kind of part of this. Um, yeah. And it's funny because as you were talking about uh, Josiah, your son, I was thinking of my brother, Dan, because he was yes. one of those kids that just so seemed to much. have uh, a lot of self-control. I didn't have the the term for it back then. Uh -huh. uh, I just remember thinking he was perfect uh, yes. because he was, yeah, he would memorize like, I'm not kidding, like whole books of the Bible. He <laughs> sang in the church choir. He, I remember, and I recount this in the book one time. We got in a fight and I scratched him across the chest, like so uh -huh. hard that he had these like streaks of blood across his chest. Uh, it was, it yeah. wasn't my proudest moment anyway. Um, and I remember <laughs> thinking, okay, this, that's it. He's going to kill me. He's like way bigger than me. And he pinched his eyes shut and he said, I forgive you. And he left the room. So uh, that was my brother. That is so just Very, yeah. <laughs> and, and it can be a little annoying when you're not like that naturally, oh, which I sure. was not. I sound a lot more like maybe your youngest son. Uh, so. Yeah. And when he was eight, didn't he like give up sugar? Is that what I remember? Yes, that's right. So he, he made this proclamation that he was giving up sugar. And sure enough, he did. Like for five years, he didn't have like <laughs> anything. Um, and that so this is next is, like, level. Up, that is next level. And, uh, you know, no surprise, Dan is doing awesome today. He's a very successful businessman. It was funny. Our, um, his oldest daughter came to visit us recently. She's about 20 now. Mm -hmm. And she mentioned kind of nonchalantly about how her dad, Dan, would get up with each of his four kids every morning early before he went off to work and he'd pray with each of them. Mm. I was like, oh yeah, we do that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Dan's a great guy, but for me, it kind of raised the question. I'm like, what if you're not like that? What if you don't naturally have that kind of yes. self-control and fortitude, which yeah. I did not, I will not tell you all the stories, but I certainly wasn't that kind of kid. It um, wasn't natural. No, it yeah. didn't come naturally to me. And, but the good news is what I found both through the research and, of course, in Scripture is that people can change. You can grow. Um, that that you know, Exactly. Praise God indeed. Willpower uh, and self-control is kind of like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. So that's good news for folks like me. Great news. Oh, my goodness. That is really good to hear for those moms out there whose kids aren't giving up sugar at eight years old. Right. Well, so, so I love your approach as well, that there is a lot of science in this book and also the biblical approach and also great stories throughout that made me laugh out loud and read them to my family. Um, so tell us a little about the, um, the brain science. I want to hear that part. Yeah. I, well, I guess one of the big things that was an aha moment for me early on researching this was reading up about willpower. So mm -hmm. about 20 years ago, there's this landmark study that basically showed that willpower, that is your ability to withstand temptation, delay gratification, mm -hmm. do something difficult, is a finite resource. That is, mm -hmm. it runs out, right? So you, you might think that you can like hold off against temptation forever, but right. the truth is, even if you can the first time or two, you get weaker as you go. And yes. eventually you become very vulnerable. And I started to think about that from a biblical perspective, and it makes a lot of sense out of what we see in Scripture, like commands to flee temptation rather mm -hmm. than stand and fight it, right? God yep. knows that we're weak, yes. and yes. <laughs> we get weaker yeah. as we go. Totally. Um, so things like that were just really interesting to me. 
Uh, and then reading up about the the literature on habits was interesting as well, because the cool thing about habits, which are just automatic routines, right? They can be very yes. good or very bad things right. uh, that we have in our lives. We do them without thinking. But the beautiful thing about good habits anyway is that they don't take any willpower because mm-hmm. we're not consciously thinking about doing them. We're kind of on autopilot. Yes. So if you can build good habits into your life, and there's all, like, all kinds of brain science behind how to do that, which as you know, I kind of sure. get into more in the book. Um, the, the beauty of that is you're not expending a ton of willpower. You're not like just kind of white knuckling it and having to grit it out at every point in your life. You can kind of let those good habits carry you. So that was really important for me to realize, you know, it's not always just about how inspired you are, or even about how much information you have. You know, if yes. we, if we were just creatures who responded to the knowledge in our head, wouldn't that be beautiful? But the truth uh-huh. is often when we know something is wrong, uh, we will do it anyway just mm. because defaulting to bad habits. So to sure. take a careful look at your habits, I realized was really a big part of this topic. Oh man, that is good stuff. I love that. I could, I could nerd out on this kind of stuff all day long. Um, so good. Well, and then as far as self-control training, now this is something I think the moms out there want to hear about, you know, we're, we're not the one, you know, we're trying to train somebody else in this situation. So most of us moms could use more self-control. I think I'm supposedly doing a 40 day sugar fast right now. And I am just thinking as you're talking about willpower, how, you know, day one was easy. Day two was easy, but day 10, I'm starting to go, well, this isn't really going to count. So I get it. I'm, I'm with you, but now we've got these little creatures, these little boys who we want so much to grow up, to live good lives, to, to make great choices, to have self-control as a adults, is there some hope you can give us? What can we be doing from your research to instill this in our sons? Do you have any hope for us moms? Yes, absolutely. Well, first of all, just kind of a point of encouragement, I think, is that, um, yeah, people do grow, especially when they're young, right? I mean, sometimes it's a little disconcerting when you see certain behaviors in your kids (laughs) that you go, well, what's going on there? Is it my fault? Is it them? Uh-huh. Uh, and I just thank God that I am different than I was when I was 10 or even 20 or even yes. 30. Yes. Um, you know, yes. so just don't freeze frame, you know, your kids where they're at right now. Uh, totally. They can certainly grow. Uh, so that's the first thing. And then the second thing I'd say is, and this is the hardest thing for me. So, for instance, a, a constant battle we have is limiting screen time. Oh, with our kids, right? I yep. mean, this, this is just a perennial challenge these days and a unique one to our time. People yes. didn't have to deal with this as much anyway, even right. 10 or 20. Ago. Um, and then this is where the rubber meets the road, though, because I'll, I'll tell my son, listen, you, you know, screen time's bad for you. I give him like I, I bore him with studies about it and everything. <laughs> and then he's like, but dad, you're always on your phone. Right. Uh, and so ouch. I have to take a look in the mirror and go, ouch, exactly. Uh, uh-huh. Okay. You know, if I'm a phone zombie, uh, I can't expect my kids are going to, you know, sometimes they listen to what I say, but they always, they, they never fail to imitate me. Right? Yes. So um, exactly. that's huge is, is just realizing what you're modeling for them. Mm-hmm. And then also just explicitly teaching them about mm-hmm. delayed gratification. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I did this silly little thing with, um, with Athanasius, my son, uh, where I said, hey, I explained to him a lot of your success in life. Not just like success, like as far as money or career, but even your spiritual success is going mm-hmm. to come in the form of being able to say no 
to things mm. that seem really pleasurable in the short term yes. uh, and holding out for those longer term rewards. And right. I said, I want to do a little experiment with you. We're going to get a bowl of cold water, put ice cubes in it, put your hand in it and see how long you can hold out <laughs> before pulling your hand out. Right. It was this silly little thing. Okay. Uh, but he was a boy, man. He just was so into this, right? And I'm doing right. it and we're seeing go longer and stuff, but it was just a little kind of visual um, uh, experience that could show him about the, the, the value of holding out, even when things are uncomfortable, mm, <laughs> and then I'd give him like a little treat at the end. Um, that's a silly it. little thing, but it was just to kind of illustrate the larger concept yeah. that a lot of temptations in life are essentially shortcuts. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, you're, you're going to uh, try to grasp for some pleasure or experience before yes. you should. And ultimately, that comes uh, back to bite you. And so yes. just teaching them that early on, I think, is so valuable so they understand why you're saying no to them sometimes rather right. than just your command. I love that. I love that because I'm such a believer in just what you said, explicitly talking to our kids, because I think so often we think they're not going to get it. But I think they do get more than we expect they will. And if we just explain it and then continue to have that conversation over time, eventually we can hope it'll click and make some sense, especially when it's really practical to what they're doing at that moment. Right. So, oh, that is. Yeah. And there's a lot of little examples in your book about studies that have been done. Um, that are really interesting, that gives you good visuals that like really drive home the point. So uh, I think people will enjoy reading about those. I guess the the marshmallow experiment might be my favorite. And I know a lot of people have heard about it, but I hadn't heard the longer term um, kind of results from that study. Do you mind giving us a quick summary or will that yeah, spoil sure. it? Yeah, sure. No. No, that's fine. Yeah, I'll just really quickly recap because you're right. A lot of people have heard about the marshmallow experiment or test. This was a test done in the 1960s, I believe, um, where they had these preschoolers. And it's kind of a cruel test. They basically said, listen, here's a marshmallow or another kind of treat. Uh, uh-huh. You can eat it right now, and that's fine. Or if you hold out 20 minutes, we'll give you two marshmallows, right? Mm-hmm. So they're yeah. trying to test um, how much they could delay gratification. Right. And, you know, it's funny, as you might guess, a lot of people just, a lot of the kids just shoved the marshmallow in their mouth immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I probably would have been that kid. Uh, uh, and others held as out. As with my fourth <laughs> right. Yeah. I know. Like immediately, I think everyone who's a parent that reads that test is like, okay, I can <laughs> I can imagine what my kids would do uh, with this one. Uh, but what was interesting was in the short term, they kind of charted them all uh, on their ability to l- delay gratification. But the more interesting findings came years down the road. It was sort of this fluky thing where they uh, ended up following up with these kids when as they entered uh, their teen years and adulthood. And they found that the ones that were able to hold out longer uh, for that second marshmallow were doing a lot better than their peers. They were, you know, not just academically, but socially. They were abusing drugs and alcohol less. Um, And even into adulthood, there was like a huge difference when it came to SAT scores, when it came to their their career prospects. And basically, it kind of revolutionized the field because up until that point, people thought that it was IQ that mattered. Okay, if you have a high IQ, you're going to have this great life. Or then later on, there was a whole self-esteem movement. If you just think highly of yourself, things are going to go great. And this experiment kind of put it on the radar for researchers going, hey, just a minute, self-control is hugely important and it, yes. it correlates to all kinds of positive life outcomes. Yes. Yes. Oh, it, that is just, that blows my mind. I think it's so fascinating. I love it. And, 
And it is interesting to look at each of your kids for those of us that have a few and you can usually kind of spot a couple and you're like, okay, well, this is an area we can work on, right? Right. This is something we can talk about, we can give examples of. And I think, you know, a lot of stories in the Bible and people in history who we can point to and hope to inspire them. And sometimes it feels like we're getting nowhere, but we can keep working. That's right. And that's what inspired me, you know, not just the science showing that people can grow in this area, but looking at the biblical characters and a big one I talk about in there is Peter, who was mm-hmm. just a classic case of low self-control. Like he had the right ideas, oh, <laughs> high aspirations. It's like, oh, Jesus, even though everyone will deny you, I'll stick with you to the end. And then, of course, he he totally caves. And and right. yet when we read his his letters to the church, first and second Peter, he's this pillar of the church. He, you know, I mean, and so, yeah, and of course, self-control in Galatians 5 is described as a fruit of the spirit. And that's an important component, too, especially Mm -hmm. as believers. When we come to this topic, it's not just, okay, I just need to develop this self-control muscle so I can do whatever I want. It's Mm -hmm. actually something that isn't just self-generated. It's from God. Right. And so as we are connected to God uh, this is a fruit that grows in our life. So that's yes. a huge, hugely important part of this is that you're nurturing that vertical connection with God so yeah. that self-control can strengthen. Mm, I love that. That's really, really good. That's um, important to teach the kids too. If they're frustrated because they continue to get in trouble or continue to fail and every day they're trying and every day they're failing, like many of us relate, but just to remind them that continue to grow in your faith and this will begin to grow more naturally as well. So that's super good. Okay. Tell me a little bit about what you've learned from addicts on this topic before we wrap up. Cause I think this is an important, um, side note to the whole thing. Yeah, that's right, because addicts are basically people for whom self-control has been obliterated, right? They just cannot Mm. help themselves. Um, It's almost like volition. Their will is taken out of the equation. And so I was curious to look at some of these recovery programs and see what we can learn from them, because a lot of us, we have a vice, um, even if it's, you know, not something that's going to totally blow up our lives, uh, that we can benefit from employing some of these things. So the first thing, the, the kind of secret sauce of most of these recovery programs is community. Right. Um, Alcoholics Anonymous, for instance, AA, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, the the most important thing if you're an alcoholic is that you're showing up regularly to -hmm. these meetings uh, where you can connect with a fellow group of strugglers that have the same issue as you. And of course, they never they never say if you're an alcoholic, you never say and you're in AA. You don't say, oh, I'm an ex-alcoholic. Right. It's like, yep. No, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm Bob and I'm an alcoholic. Right. Right. You you own that for life, even if you've been clean for 30 years. Yes. Um, And so there's this humility that Mm -hmm. this admission that you need help, that you need Mm -hmm. the community. Uh, And as you know, whatever your vice is, whatever you're struggling with. Uh, I think that's why, you know, in scripture, we're commanded not to forsake gathering together with believers. It mm-hmm. talks about, you know, we spur each other on to to love and good works. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's part of it, because when you disconnect, you're in danger. And that's a paradox, I realize, because we think of self-control as being just something that's up to you. It's like something yes. about the self. But from a mm-hmm. Christian perspective, it's something that we need each other for. Mm-hmm. We really need to to uh, get into community. One study I read was interesting too. When it comes to making progress in a certain area of your life and you're seeking out a community, you don't want people that don't struggle with it at all, right? Mm -hmm. With with whatever you're struggling with, nor do you want people that are complete failures, Uh right? Yeah. You don't want your old drinking buddies and go (laughs) out with them at the bar. (laughs) Um, You want people that struggle with that same thing, but they're making some progress. That's the best kind of group to connect with 
to enable you to succeed. And just getting that accountability, the inspiration, the encouragement is huge. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm such a believer in influences in our kids' lives and oh. really being intentional about that as parents. That's, you know, one of the chapters in my book and so much of my heart is just recognizing that like it or not, we become like the company we keep. And so um, I love how that ties into that because really helping our kids make choices about their friendships, about the media, about everything they put in front of them, knowing that it is going to shape and mold them and finding, you know, fellow young believers who are doing their best to follow God in this world today is huge. So I think that's super encouraging for us as moms. Definitely. No, that's a huge part of this. Uh, and then going back to what I was talking about briefly, habits, the people that you hang out with are going to often determine your habits. Mm, uh, and that's, that's kind of a scary thing because if those are bad habits, they get implemented yeah. in your life. And even if you take those people out of the equation, you're stuck with those habits. So you want people wow. around you that are going to, especially around your kids, right? Yeah. They're going to yeah. facilitate those good habits. Wow. That is solid. I love that. Really important. And you know, it's not always easy depending on the the neighborhood you're in, depending on the right. community you're in, that that can take some time and patience and prayer to find the right people. But I think it's worth looking for, worth being intentional about. That uh, certainly is. <laughs> Again, this book is packed and funny and so helpful, I think, for us as just humans. I also think we can really put so much of it into practice as parents. So um, I'm going to be linking to that, of course, over in my show notes so everyone can get their hands on the book. But um, any final words, anything we missed from the book? Because then I've got a couple boy dad questions for oh, you here wait. at the end. <laughs> yeah, Ready no, well, in? the last thing I'd add about this topic, because it is a tough one, uh, whether it's for yourself or for your kid, it's so easy to get discouraged when sure. you have these self-control failures, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah. inevitably, we all do. Uh, we all fall short uh, of our own ideals or what we're commanded to do in Scripture. Uh, and so I think one important part of this is just not getting discouraged. Um, this relates to the what the $10 theological word for this is sanctification, right? Mm -hmm. That is the, pro the lifelong process of becoming a little more like Jesus all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and it's usually, I mean, I hear these dramatic testimonies of people who just like, you know, they come to Christ and instantly they're just like super saints. Um, right. I guess that can happen. But <laughs> for the rest of us, it's for usually kind of <laughs> two steps forward, one step back. Yeah. Uh, so my encouragement is don't get discouraged. You know, keep stumbling after Jesus. Uh, I think grace is a big part of this. Not my yes. wife, but the, 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 the theological <laughs> concept. Um, both, both I'm sure both, for you. Absolutely. And she's full of grace. Um, but just to internalize God's forgiveness when you do mess up, because mm -hmm. then that becomes the fuel to live a, a holy and obedient life. And, and it's wow. really important to keep that in mind, because if you wallow in guilt, it just fuels more, more sin, more destructive behavior. Oh, yeah, that's that's super good. I I remember you talk about love being balanced with self-control. And I guess that's just all about being motivated by God's love. Is that what that's we're right? Yeah. yeah. And it's ultimately not something you're developing just for you. Uh, it's so that you can love other people well, you know, because yeah. to love other people, you have to have the self-control to kind of put aside your selfish and sinful oh. impulses uh, in order to love others well. And and strangely enough, even the research bears this out, it was fascinating, is that when you have that higher aim 
for developing self-control. It actually enables your self-control. Um, so if it's just about you, you're actually going to not be as successful in accomplishing your objectives. But if there's a higher purpose, uh, serving God, loving others, you will develop self-control more quickly. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Like, yeah, it just empowers thing. you to do what you're supposed to do. Yes, yes. Uh, researchers call it sanctified goals, that if they have this kind of higher significance, sure. you're, you strive after them harder and get there quicker. So I thought that was kind of cool. Ooh, that's awesome. And it's also something I think, again, we can talk to our kids about. Why not? I think they can grasp onto that and and be empowered to work harder at it for better reasons. So really yes. good. One Ooh, of the I most encouraging things to me uh, about the book is how many uh, like teenagers have read it. Um, it's a little humbling because it's like my 12-year-old nephew read it and understood every part of it. So uh, <laughs> but I love That's that. That's a compliment. No. That, I guess so. I, take, yeah. I took it that way. Um, but I think, yeah, this is such a crucial topic, especially for, for young boys uh, to yes. develop. I dedicated the book to my son because when I think of all the hopes and fears I have for his life, a lot of them come back to uh, him developing this crucial virtue in his life. Oh, it's so important. Okay, well, I'm going to um, close us off with a couple of boy dad questions because I just have to. <laughs> oh, awesome. Awesome. Okay, well, we always start off with a boy mom essential. So I want to hear from you in raising your son. And I know you've got two daughters, so it can spill over a little. But is there one thing you can think of that you can't imagine being a boy dad without a boy dad essential in raising your son? Huh. Yeah. So, um, yeah, all the, I feel like I should add some caveats. I obviously <laughs> young children. So, you know, giving advice on this topic is a little weird. It's kind of like the newlywed couple that want to give marriage advice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm still very much figuring you've had this a few out. Years. You've had a few That's years. True. That's true. I guess my son's eight. Um, so one thing that I've found helpful with him is what I call, uh, giving him post-game talks. And I'll explain mm -hmm. what I mean by that. So mm -hmm. when there's like a situation, maybe he's fighting with his sister or he's getting lippy or makes a bad decision. Uh, of course, you have to correct and maybe even discipline in the moment. But one thing I've been trying to do with him uh, that I've found helpful is after everything kind of cools off, you know, either going up and having a one-on-one -on -one, kind of a man-to-man -man talk with him yeah. uh, in his room or taking him on a little drive and kind of going, hey, bud, let's, you know, now that you're cooled off and that's over, let's talk about what you could have done differently. Mm. Uh, you know, and, and you're always wondering, okay, how much of this is he actually like catching sure. and internalizing? But I'm more always surprised. Yes. More than you think. Exactly. Um, not all of it, but definitely more than you think. And I'll hear it from him later. He'll say, yeah, I heard what you said about X. Um, yeah. And I just, it's just kind of a helpful uh, little tool. That, yeah. uh, that I've found beneficial uh, because in the heat of the moment, sometimes uh, he's not as responsive, um, but if totally. you can kind of, None of us yeah, are. calm down, right. Yeah. And have a kind of, okay, let's reflect on this moment. That's really helpful. Uh, oh, that is so good. And I love that what you call it. I mean, post game, there we go. <laughs> I'm, I know there's some dads listening to this. So, and moms, you can pass that suggestion on post Post game talks, dads to sons. I love that one. Super good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Next question. You've got girls and a boy. Tell us all something. Cause you know, some of the moms listening are all boy moms, but some have girls too. What, what's something that stands out to you that's been unique or different or surprising about your son? Sure. So 
the thing that's just surprised both me and Grace about him is how different he is than his sisters. <laughs> you know, um, and this this may just be them. I'm not you know making yeah. commentary across all you know for, exactly for both genders, uh, but he is just very competitive, uh-huh. uh, very aggressive. Uh, yeah. In many ways, um, whereas his, uh, especially you know um, Mary, who's five, yeah. is just you know all into the princesses and mm-hmm. uh, much more emotionally mature. I'll just say that, you know, as far as <laughs> expressing her feelings and you know, cuddling me, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and and Athen is a sweet boy, but um, yeah, it's just that kind of um, typical difference in mm-hmm. in in aggression and competitiveness. And one yeah. thing we've realize sometimes when maybe he's misbehaving or getting into conflicts with his sisters is that he needs these healthy outlets for his aggression. Okay. Does that sound yeah. weird? And, oh, and you no actually touched on this book, which yeah. I thought was great, like enabling them to take risks. Uh-huh. Um, Cause I mean, sometimes we just say, Hey man, go run around the house, do some pushups, right. uh, go shoot some in the driveway. Uh, right. And he's, different kid after he does that yes uh, and he just right. has more of a need for that kind of outlet than yeah. his sister uh, and okay. so that's just been one of these things where we're like wow okay right. boys and girls they're different at least in our yeah. home yeah no uh, that's really good and you're in Oregon where it's kind of is it rainy and cool oh, right now yeah. is there snow yeah. recently okay. what's your weather like no snow. We don't get that often here, but yes, you get the gray skies and the constant uh-huh. drizzle. So going right. outside is always a little bit of a challenge. Uh, but, but you can bundle them up and say, go find some puddles to jump in. Boys love that. Totally. Get rid of some of that energy, man. Yeah. It's so helpful. It makes a big difference. Okay. Final question. And I know you're not claiming to be the like super seasoned dad, but you've got a few years. If you were to look at yourself as the brand new dad, when he was just a baby in your arms, um, any wisdom you've gained over these years that you would just encourage the younger dads, younger moms even with, uh, looking back, what, what would you tell yourself? Yeah, I would tell myself, you don't always have to be the nice guy or the good guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and let me explain a little bit about that. One thing that surprised me about parenting is that I'm a bit of a marshmallow. I mean, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm a softy. Okay. Naturally. <laughs> and of course, you know, before I had kids, I'd see, you know, the, the mom with the kid melting down in Walmart and I'm like, Oh man, right. I, I yeah. put my foot down. Okay. That's yeah. ridiculous. Right. Well, when it actually got time, <laughs> you know, to do it, I, I turned out uh, to be a bit of a softy. Yeah. Uh, that surprised me, but, and I, so my challenge is being a little stricter, a little firmer about the boundaries, but I'll tell mm-hmm. you what, and you know this, you got mm-hmm. a whole chapter of it, um, about it in your book, but when you do lay down the law and you have those mm-hmm. clear boundaries for them, they love it. Not in the moment, maybe, right. but you can almost see the relief when you yeah. <laughs> lay down the law totally. and they kind of hit that firm brick wall. Mm-hmm. Um, they feel loved, they feel secure. Yes. Uh, and I would just encourage my younger self uh, to do that more immediately because it just mm-hmm. seems a lot of pain and heartache in the long run. Totally. Uh, even though, yeah, we all want to be liked. We all want to, you know, kids yeah. think that we're cool. Uh, but sometimes in order to win the long game in the short term, you got to be the bad guy. Oh, solid. I'm, I'm <laughs> amen in you over here. Love that. And <laughs> And, and I'm still working on that one with number four. So <laughs> very humble. Okay, here's, uh, here's one yeah. thing I'll add, and this might just be our situation, but Grace is an awesome mom. Okay. She's just, I mean, in my view, just a rock star. Yes. And yet she's always questioning herself. She's like, am mm-hmm. I a good mom? I don't know if I am. And I'm like, honey, you're, you're amazing. And here's the weird thing. I don't question myself. I think I'm killing it. 
I'm like, <laughs> I'm a great dad. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. showing up, I'm making some money, and I'm I'm nice to them most of the time. Isn't that um, interesting? I don't know if that's everyone. Uh, it's pretty common. I, I, it must be. And I think that, yeah, there's there's a good side to that maybe uh, for moms that are, you know, really self-reflective. And, and yet sometimes I feel like they can kind of burden themselves thinking mm-hmm. that. And the truth is, if you are thinking, if you're kind of worried about how good a parent you are, that's probably proof that you are, right? Yeah, <laughs> because exactly. you're yeah. mindful of it and you're you're worried about it. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, and maybe I'm I'm the one who should be a little more worried about my performance. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a healthy healthy balance there, I guess, for all of us. But I love that. That's a good reminder because I do the same thing still. So I think probably everyone listening um, could u- use that encouragement. So thanks. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, if people want to track you down right now, if they want to go look at your Twitter feed and get some laughs, where can they find you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm on Twitter, uh, and I got to warn you, it's mostly dumb jokes on there for okay. me. But, uh, yeah. but they're good. <laughs> oh, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, my Twitter handle is just my name, uh, Drew Dick. It's, Dick is spelled D-Y-C-K. Uh, and if you want to uh, check out the website, I got some cheesy pictures of my family on there, uh, some articles. Uh, again, it's just my name, DrewDick.com. Or if you find yourself in the Pacific Northwest, uh, look me up and we can grab a coffee. Oh, I'd love to do. I want to come meet the kids and see oh, Grace and you. Oh, you would love do that. that, please. Absolutely. Anytime. We'll, we'll have a race. See who makes it first. Right. You guys to Hawaii or me there. <laughs> it sounds good. Thank you so much for being with us. This has been a lot of fun and super inspiring and encouraging. Thank you, Monica. I've had a great time. All right. Aloha. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Be sure to check show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast or for today's specific episode, it's forward slash episode dash 40. And I will have links to Drew's website, his book, also his Twitter feed, all the other things we talked about. I hope you're encouraged. I hope you can put some time this week into working with your kids on this topic of self-control. Maybe some of us need to work on ourselves as well. But I hope you enjoyed that and you're inspired um, on this topic of self-control. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Thanks for being a part of this awesome Boy Mom Podcast community. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha.